0: Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the People You Should Meet podcast with me, Brett Christoffel, introducing you to interesting, effective, and sometimes creative folks of all kinds. Thank you for joining us, and now enjoy People You Should Meet. Howdy, y'all. It's Brett Christoffel with People You Should Meet. Today's guest coming to us from the Windy City, oh no, I lied. West Coast. Elizabeth Alfano, founder and CEO of VegTech Invest ETF, and the host of the Plant-Based Business Hour. Welcome, Elizabeth.
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us today. You're on the West Coast right now.
1: Los Angeles having a huge storm yesterday. It hailed, so you know, go figure.
0: It hails in California. I didn't know that.
1: Uh, usually it doesn't. These are we live in strange times.
0: Okay. Well, good. We'll enjoy the uh, unusual weather, but we'll keep the car out from the the hail. That's Thing. Um, Where did you grow up, Elizabeth?
1: I grew up in Chicago, and I still spend 50% more than 50% of my time there. So I split my time between Los Angeles and Chicago.
0: Nice. Um, and as a kid, do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Or did you have any ideas or inklings?
1: I think I wanted to be a doctor. That was what interested me a lot. But then And this is my problem as an adult. So, you know, we don't, I I speak for myself. I'm not sure I really grew up that much. I mean, I wanted to be a doctor because I was so interested in hearing people's stories. But then I started traveling. And so I was interested in archaeology. And then I realized archaeology was more academic than I wanted to be out in the field because I liked adventure travel. And I thought archaeology might not, it sounds so exciting, but it's really more um, tedious than one might think. And so, Uh you know, I toiled around with all of these things. The last thing I thought I wanted to do very last thing was business. And of course that's what I'm doing.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Well, I I think our perspective is a little bit different when we're kids.
1: Yes. A hundred percent.
0: It happens. What about when you were growing up? Uh, did you have a favorite uh, dish or kind of food growing up?
1: I did. I mean, I've always loved, eggplant. So I think my favorite, I mean, you know, there's my favorite dish and then there's like favorite dinner at home. So as a kid, my mom would make tacos and I loved the interactive, like I get to put on the toppings. And so I loved being a part of it. And I still love to cook to this day. I throw dinner parties. I love to host. So very few people cook for themselves, let alone other people. And I just love to entertain. I love to cook. I get this from my mother. Um, but so started at an early age when it was taco night. I was like, woohoo! I'm going to be a part of this. It's so fun. Um, but I, I've i always loved eggplant. So eggplant parmesan was probably my one of my fave dishes. Okay.
0: Fantastic. Um,
1: Oh, uh, and I should say all things sugar. So, you know, any kind of Twinkie. I could, you know, we weren't allowed to have sugar in the house. So I would have to sneak it after school. Uh I would. I would like, you know, help my friends. I was really good at school. So I'd help my friends with their homework and they'd give me their loose change. And I would go to the store and buy like Suzy Q's stuffed with icing. And I would stuff those in my face before I walked home the extra block because I got off the bus early so I could go to the drugstore. I'm an addict as a young child, you see, and go to the drugstore, get my Susie Q, eat it and stuff my face before I walked the last block home. I digress to my neuroses, maybe. So in addition to eggplant Parmesan, it would be anything sugar.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for sharing the uh, the insights. What about, did you have like a favorite band or kind of music as a teen growing up that spoke to you that you favored?
1: For sure. The highlight of my life, and it's where I peaked, was the sixth grade in disco. Anything disco, I still love to this day. I want to know where disco went why it's not coming back. I love disco. I love dancing. I love disco dancing. I love dancing in and of itself, but I love disco dancing. I long for those days. Yeah, so I, uh, anything disco really, I I hit my peak as an individual on the dance floor in the sixth grade.
0: No, regular dance floor, not the roller rink. It was the dance floor.
1: Oh, it's was the dance floor that lit up. You know, that- Oh, like, nice,
0: yeah, 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 oh, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the disco <laughs> dance floor. Uh,
1: the disco dance floor. Yeah, no, that's where I shine.
0: Okay. I'm hearing the Bee Gees. You should be dancing. Yeah.
1: That's it. That is totally, that's my gig. That's my jam.
0: Oh, I like the music. Um, Tell us about your plant-based path to veganism. Not Uh everyone finds themselves here, but how did you find yourself here?
1: Yeah. So my earliest memory, long before disco and uh, Susie Q's, my first memory as a kid is that I couldn't eat meat. I couldn't chew it. I just couldn't do it. And, you know, kids sometimes are faking or they're, you know, but I just, this, I wasn't playing around. I really, I couldn't swallow it. It repulsed me so much. I couldn't do it. And of course I'm five or six. This is truly my wow. earliest memory. Yeah. And so I couldn't tell you why at five or six, I knew nothing about animal factories. Um, I don't call them factory farms because I have so much respect for farmers. And we know that there's no correlation between true farming and and the factories that we see. So, um, you know, I couldn't have told you as a kid anything, but I, I just couldn't do it. And my folks... love me i should say my folks love me i love them there's no problem uh they were panicked you know she's not gonna get enough protein oh my god our kid's gonna die our kids not eating and it was kind of a strict household you know i told you no sugar so um they said you know you cannot leave the dinner table until you finish your meat and since i wasn't kidding around you know i'd have this like gag reflex and i would be alone at the dinner table for hours so the family would go and they would watch tv and i wouldn't be allowed to join them i'd have to stay at the dinner table And I I really couldn't do it. So then I realized I'm never going to be able to leave this dinner table until I get rid of the meat. So I started hiding it like under the radiator and under my plate and in my jeans pocket. And then, of course, my parents found me for lying. And then they really punished me. And they sent me to my room and the same thing. I wasn't allowed to leave. You know, everyone else is having fun in the living room. And I'm, you know, so my earliest memory is you have to eat meat. There's no other way around it. That's what people do. You're doing it end of story. So fast forward, I'm in my 20s. And now I have my own voice and late 20s. Now I know I didn't really know anything about dairy. But I certainly knew about meat processing and, you know, animal factories. So I didn't want to eat meat for that reason. And so I would say to people like, hey, you know, do we really need pepperoni on the pizza? Like, you know, can't we just get cheese pizza? And um, again, didn't know about the horrors of dairy then. And i think today we would we would call this bullying i mean people would be like oh you're tree hugger and i thought Mm -hmm. this is so strange that adults are making fun of me to justify what we all none of us are kids now we all know we all know what happens in the factory so why are you making fun of me Mm -hmm. to, to like glorify this or like so i didn't know what to do with this i i was old enough to speak for myself, obviously, but I didn't, I hadn't found my true voice as a person. So I just kind of like sat with it. And I was like, well, this is what it means to be an adult. We do that, which we know is wrong. We do it anyway. That's what adults do. They Mm -hmm. just bury it and keep going, which is a weird thing to carry with you, right? Like that's what it means to be an adult. So, you know, fast forward now in my thirties, I'm in my forties. I still like, don't know how to voice my opposition to this thing that everyone is kind of ganged up for. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And my nephew went to the university of Oregon division Uh one football team. He comes back first semester Thanksgiving, sits down at the table and says, coach says, if I'm going to play for the team, no meat, no dairy. I was like, what the, I knew it. I knew it since I was a kid. And I let other people take my voice from me. Uh I was so mad. I went vegan mid-sentence. And I thought, I will never not use my voice like that again. So I didn't find my voice until my late 40s. But I got it now. So I'm using it now.
0: That's awesome. What a great story. Wow. And you had that awareness. You didn't even know why or anything else. It
1: was just there. I couldn't chew it. I just couldn't get it down. I just felt so like this is a foreign thing. I'm sure on muscle and like, what? and then half the time it's not even muscle. It's gristle. Like I don't get it. Who, who would want that? But anyway, whatever.
0: Uh, great story. Uh, you started your career at, as I understand it, out at Kellogg's. Tell us about that. I mean, out of school, you're at Kellogg's. What'd you do there?
1: Yeah. So I was in brand management. I was working on Special K and Frosted Mini Wheats. Those are my brands. And I loved the way Kellogg's ran their brands. We and my co-brand manager, we ran the whole business. So it was great entrepreneurial experience because we ran Special K, like it was one singular business and we had to know everything from top to bottom on Special K and Frosted Mini. Anyway, it's not just the brand management, but like when are the cartons being printed and what's, you know, what's the factory timeline for production. And so you know what's your budget all these kind of things so it was great experience and i learned so much there and uh, it was great to work in my love of food and it was an international company so that was fun so um i learned a lot there and that was my first foray really into food okay
0: and you you know with a plant based business hour um that's how i came to know you i got to be on your show um and we talked and that was i think in 2020 And then I watched you interview everybody in the plant-based space and and not just in the U.S., all over the world. Um, I mean, you're just like super connected. What excites you most about the plant-based offerings that are coming online now and in the future? What do you see that excites you there?
1: I think I'll take this question kind of from a high level bird's eye view. Everybody thinks that I'm excited or one would be excited for vegans and um, sort of the innovation that's happening there in. It's actually the reverse for me. I'm really excited for meat eaters that I feel have gotten such short change over the years. Like when I walk down the chip aisle, a potato chip aisle, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it baked? Is it fried? Is it loose in a bag? Is it yellow? Is it blue? Is it is it salted? Is it not salted? Is it whole grain? Is it stacked in a can? Is it so many choices. You go down the bread aisle, same thing. Is it sliced? Is it not sliced? Is it whole wheat? Is it white bread? Does it have crust? Does not. Is it with honey? Is it not? So many, is it multigrain? You go to meat and it's like, you get ribs or you don't. There's not a lot of choice for the meat eater. Mm -hmm. You get a hot dog or you don't like, that's the, that's the thing. Whereas why can't, I do think that the world will eventually, probably after my lifetime, go 100% to the most efficient and innovative technology that is out there to feed the world. This is our challenge. We must feed the world more nutritiously, using fewer resources, taking a shorter amount of time, creating less damage. That's plant-based innovation in all of its stages, and we can talk about those technologies, which are so interesting. I do think the world ultimately will switch to plant-based innovation, which includes cultivated meat. We'll talk about that in a second, uh, which is really meat, but just without the factories in between, um, and that's efficient. And business loves efficiency. Business always rewards efficiency and always moves towards efficiency, particularly when things like food security, feeding ten billion people on the planet, is is in holds in the balance. So I think we will get there. But in the interim, as we work our way towards more plant-based foods options, more fermented protein options, one day we'll get to cultivated meat. Then we'll have all these hybrids between all of them. You're ultimately, you're looking at giving the meat eater lots more choice. So it's not for me, but let's say for them, why can't they have grass-fed beef one day, plant-based beef another day, cultivated meat beef another day, like why can't you have it all right now? They have very few choices, so I'm very excited for that consumer to be more empowered. I think that technology and innovation that's out there that's doing that for them is really exciting.
0: Absolutely, yeah. There's there's a there's a, there's a lot going on in that space. To that end, I guess it's been just over a year ago you you co-founded VegTech Invest ETF uh, that you now are the CEO of. Tell us all about that.
1: Yes, yes. So let's first start with what is an ETF. Yeah, Um, let's do that. Most people are like ETF, EFT, NFT, is it crypto? Wait a minute, we've gone off the reservation. Okay, so let's backtrack it. I am the CEO of VegTech Invest. VegTech Invest is the firm that has produced the plant-based innovation and climate ETF. The ticker is V. So if I'm saying the word ticker, that means that we're talking about A stock that is a ticker that is on the uh, stock exchange. It's traded around the world. That means anyone can hop on Fidelity or Schwab or Robinhood or um, Ameritrade, whatever you're using, you can hop on and buy the ticker. So, this ticker is the symbol for the ETF, Exchange Traded Fund. This exchange traded fund functions like a stock, it's a basket of companies. So, we have about 40 companies in our basket. And an ETF usually represents a theme. So, if you wanted to invest in healthcare, but you didn't want to do all the research to find one healthcare company, is it a good one? Is it a bad one? Do I have to look at their financials? Oh my gosh, so much work. Rather, and then you need like several healthcare companies so that you can be diversified across several of them. So it takes down the risk. You don't have to put all your your uh, pencils in one pencil holder. You know, you can you know, have more exposure to more things. And hopefully, you know, the ones that do poorly will be outweighed by the ones that do great. That's what we call lowering your risk. So this is what's great about a basket. It lowers your risk because you've got more chance for more things to break out and do great. So our ETF is the only one in the world that we know of from our research, only one we've ever found that focuses on plant-based innovation, that really shifting of the global food supply system to be more efficient, more prolific, less resource intensive, less harmful, those things we talked about in the beginning of this interview. So uh, we are EATV, the plant-based innovation and climate ETF run by VegTech Invest, which I'm CEO, and we're traded on the New York Stock Exchange, but anybody can get it around the world. And it's very exciting because you can see now I have found my voice as an adult and I love to talk about uh this topic. And it's a, a joy. I really don't know what else to say. It is a pure joy to help people connect the dots about how our current food supply system is inefficient, is time intensive, is resource intensive. It's you know, 41% of the world's tropical deforestation is caused by animal agriculture. I could go on, clean water, 42% of the world's clean water used up by animal agriculture. 32% of the world's methane gases, oh my God, methane, one of the most nefarious of the greenhouse gases, comes from animal agriculture. You simply will not impact climate change in the in the time we need to do it without addressing food. And if you're addressing food, you're addressing animal agriculture because it's a major part of how we use our land. Um, 77% of our agricultural land is used to graze animals and grow crops for them. And that 77% of our agricultural land gives us only 18% of our calories. That's a bad equation, folks. You use 77% to get 18% back, not good. So not efficient. Business doesn't like inefficiency. It moves towards efficiency, as we discussed. So um, I am excited to help Wall Street connect those dots, because before I started VegTech Invest and became the advisor to Eat V, I would speak to people on Wall Street, this huge sector that knew nothing about plant-based innovation, the technologies coming down the pipeline, and why it makes great investment sense. Purposes of your listeners... Spoiler alert, it makes great investment sense because it's not going to be just Berkeley that switches over to a new food supply system. It's going to be Arkansas and Minneapolis and China and Paris and old people and young people and Jewish people and Christians and Arabs and uh, educated people, and non-educated people. It's going to be everyone because when you find a technology and an innovation that is tasty, but also efficient, you use it. When something makes your life better, you use it. So it will be adopted by all. And that kind of mass trend is a great investment opportunity.
0: So someone can come and they, they're like, look, I got $100 or $10,000 or whatever they've got to invest. I want to know that it's going towards what I care about. Right. So by participating in this, they know that what? it's all yes. plant-based what, what are the parameters
1: yeah 100 so let's talk about that uh, the companies that are in the fund again we have about 40 from around the world they are companies that at any point in the supply chain are working to innovate to replace animals because animals are inefficient um, and resource wasteful uh to replace animals for climate change, environmental principles, better human health, better animal health, better planetary health. So these companies, they can be you know, ag tech at the very beginning of the supply chain. So greenhouses and vertical farms helping to get more vegetables out there. They can be the innovation and technology companies working on cultivated meat and precision fermentation. They can be the ingredient companies that are bringing novel proteins. You know, we're gonna have to move beyond soy folks. So there's, you know, what about chickpea and barley? And, you know, so these ingredient companies that are bringing us more options so we can make more products. What about flavors and technology? Well, who are the companies around the world that are working on making those plant-based products taste really great, you know? And then at the end of the line, of course, those consumer packaged goods that you see in the grocery store, you know, these Oatleys of the world. But also, not just food, plant based innovation is also about materials. I and mean, ultimately, we want sustainable supply chains mm-hmm. in food, but also, you know, leather. Just think about a tannery, Ugh, all those chemicals. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you want to disrupt and replace that. So, as we look towards, you know, the Dole company, for example, upcycles their pineapple skins. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. to work with a small startup not a startup anymore but a a small um newer company Mm -hmm. to make plant-based leather you know so these kind of creative innovative thinkers that disrupt for sustainable supply chains they're in the fund
0: okay and these are all publicly traded companies that are on the exchange as well they've just been together to spread out risk but also support the cause
1: hundred percent because it's called impact investing. And many people want to know like, Hey, you know, I've got kids. I'm not thrilled about the environment. What's happening here. So I want to invest for their future and also today or tomorrow or next year's returns, you know, so you're looking for money and beyond.
0: Right. That's perfect. That's wonderful. That, that, that sounds, I know that's something you worked on for some time.
1: But um, oh, so- loads of work. <laughs>
0: So it's exciting that it's in the marketplace now. Um, I'm happy for y'all and and I hope it does uh, uh, better than you ever expected.
1: Thank you so much. Eat me, everybody, EATV.
0: EATV, y'all. Let's see, any lessons you've learned, because you've done so much, but are there any surprising lessons you learned uh, along the way or one that you care to share?
1: You'll never regret sticking up for yourself.
0: Perfect. I love that. You'll never regret sticking up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I like that. What is out of all the things in the world, what is your favorite go-to snack?
1: Shoot. This is super hard. Um, well, okay.
0: Or, got or, snacks.
1: <laughs> okay. Peanut, bu- crunchy peanut butter with salt. None of this no salt peanut butter stuff. Crunchy peanut butter with salt on apples. Mm, yum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, uh, Air popped if I'm being good. In olive oil if I'm being bad, popcorn. And depending on my mood, I'll do either brags. Do you know brags amino acids? Yeah, has- of course. Yeah. I'll spray brags on it, which you're like, what? But yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'll sprinkle nooch on it. Or sometimes yeah. I'll stick with olive oil and salt. I don't know. I love popcorn.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I feel you. Um <laughs> it's just funny to hear you mention the snacks I'm like she's got the same taste but, Um
1: <laughs> I love to eat I don't know
0: but, uh, what about animals what's your favorite animal
1: I cannot I, I don't I have one cannot. in
0: particular that
1: I, I mean I I I'm the one who's like oh my god the worm is on the cement everybody stop right. I'm gonna move the worm back to the I love them all. People are like rats. I'm like, I love rats. Just leave it alone. Just move on. people. Same
0: same way. Just stay away from them. They'll be all right.
1: Yeah. Just get out of the way. Okay.
0: No, no favorites. That's fine. That's fine. Um, One more question I've got. Um, Is there a favorite book or movie that impacted you that you want everyone else to know about?
1: Cutting for Stone is such a beautiful book. Um, I I love that book and um there's a Barbara Kingsglover book that I just loved so much. I could read now, of course I'm forgetting the title. Um that I, I I love anything by Barbara Kingsglover, really. Um, and she kind of brings in the natural world and then wonderful storytelling. So this is going to be a very funny thing to say, but um I love the movie Rocky <laughs> and right. I I can't say that it impacted me except that I just think it the original and also the second movie I mm-hmm. just think like the character development is great the writing is great um as I understand it they did it on a kind of a small budget mm-hmm. and um you know I, I, I he pitched that,
0: that around to a lot of people and got lots of no's because he yeah. wanted to do he put it all together Sylvester yeah. did
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, just, I've always really loved that movie and loved the story of how it came together. And he really shopped it around, got so many no's, had a really small budget, had to fight to keep some critical scenes in because studio kept pushing the timeline and the sure. budget. And he really held out for that movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just think it's a really great story, great writing Just yeah, we've seen it like 12, 15 times.
0: Awesome. Okay, wonderful. Uh, Elizabeth. Thank you. Where can people find out more about uh, uh, VegTech Invest or you in particular? Where can they find you at?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So I'm going to give three websites. Oh my God, a whopping three websites. Well, maybe I'll give two. So for like the financial information, because yeah. people always want that, you can go to eatvet eatvETF.com. E-V-E-T-F.com. If you want to know more about me personally, you can head to ElizabethAlfano.com. Elizabeth spelled kind of funky, E-L-Y-S-A-B-E-T-H-A-L-F-A-N-O. Dot com. But if you have any questions you want to chat me up or there's something you're working on that you think is interesting, I should know about you can always come find me at LinkedIn. I really do hang out there a lot. Elizabeth Alfano. So easy to locate me there.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me. This is super fun. I'm glad we did it. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.